0: Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the All of You Whole podcast, hosted by me, Caroline Fossil, entrepreneur, wellness expert, author, and speaker. My goal is to help you build a healthy, connected, and intentional life that fulfills your greatest purpose. Go ahead and hit that pause button and then the plus button to subscribe to this show so you get more impactful content each and every week. We would also love it if you would leave a five-star rating and review. This helps people you and I don't even know find the show. And lastly, please share an episode you love with whoever you can. Sharing is caring, and that's how we continue to grow. And as always, I am forever grateful for your support. Hey, y'all. Today on the show, we are talking all about plastic. And... It occurred to me that I wanted to record this episode because when we have this conversation, about minimizing plastic usage in our homes, in our lives, especially single-use plastics, for the most part, the conversation is focused around protecting the environment, which is absolutely important. And I do think we need to talk about that aspect of minimizing plastic usage. But what you may not know is that minimizing plastic usage in your home is also very, very, very much about your own health. Recent research shows that humans consume about five grams of plastic per week, per week, (laughs) which is as much as a credit card weighs. So we are eating a credit card of plastic per week. If that does not blow your mind, I do not know what will. And so how in the world are we getting plastic inside of our bodies? We are going to talk about it today. And why does it matter? Why is this even important? So there are three ways that we can get plastic inside of our body. Ingestions, the main way, inhalation or breathing it in. And then physical contact with plastics on our skin. Ingestion here means we eat or drink it. So we either ingest food that's contaminated somehow with plastic, or it can even happen through trophic transfer. This refers to contaminants transferring from one stage of the food chain to another. So if there are billions of microplastics in the ocean, which there are, they get into fish then we eat that fish. And when we eat the fish, we are also eating the microplastics. And that is trophic transfer. And it's happening all of the time. So you may be thinking, okay, I'm eating a credit card of plastic a week. Like, I don't know, is it even that big of a deal? Why does it matter? And yes, it does matter. (laughs) It matters a lot. And I'm going to tell you all the different things that can happen when we get these microplastics inside of our bodies. And when we're talking about getting plastic inside our bodies, what we're really talking about are nanoplastics and microplastics meaning really, really small particles of plastic. So you're not actually eating an entire credit card and swallowing it, right? You're coming into contact with tons of different kinds of microplastics, some of which are so small you can barely see them, some of which are a little bigger, which you'll hear about. But honestly, it's the fact that these particles are so tiny that is a huge part of the problem. So these micro and nanoplastic particles, they can also be called MNPs, so you might see that if you now start to pay attention to this topic. So the nanoplastics are less than 0.001 millimeters in size, so that's really, really small, and microplastics are 0.0001 to 5 millimeters, And these teeny tiny particles have the ability to change the gut microbiome composition according to a study published in the journal Exposure and Health. So guys, it is literally changing our guts and our microbiomes in our guts. The fact that we are just like consuming plastic all day, every day. And the amount of damage that microplastics and nanoplastics can wreak, the havoc that it can wreak, is partially determined by the size of the particles. So smaller is more harmful, and only microplastics smaller than 20 micrometers should be able to penetrate organs. I want that to sink in, penetrate organs. And those with the size of about 10 micrometers should be able to access all organs, okay? And it can also cross cell membranes. That's crazy. So these microplastics can get into your cells. And then this is the thing that scares me the most, these next two things. Cross the blood-brain barrier, meaning we have a barrier, that helps things not get into our brain, but there can be plastic particles so small that they can get into our brain. And then this is the scariest, you guys. And enter the placenta. So particles can be so small that they can enter into the placenta and there have been studies showing plastics inside newborn babies, right? Because everything that is in mama is going to get into baby, and that is a scary, scary thing indeed. So I hope that you are starting to realize the importance of this conversation. Plastics can go everywhere in our bodies, and that is a scary thing. So it's really, really scary, and And scientists, they're saying that these microplastics can get into secondary tissues, meaning liver, muscles, and the brain. So that's a scary thing. And so we talked about the gut a little bit. The changes in the GI tract from plastic are associated with the development of metabolic diseases such as diabetes, obesity, and chronic liver disease. So one of the things that I kept seeing in literature was this is bad for everyone. Like having nano and microplastics in your body is never a good thing. That's not going to be a good thing. But it's even more crucial for those with chronic illnesses and chronic diseases to very much minimize the amount of microplastics that they are getting in their body because your body is going to be less able to defend itself from these microplastics. Additional problems with plastics. Plastics can Off gas, just like volatile organic compounds or VOCs can. And they just contain a bunch of harmful chemicals. And this is one of the reasons that it's terrible when these microplastics get in our body because of what the plastics contain. So they can contain harmful ingredients like the hormone disrupting chemical. BPA, I'm sure you've heard of BPA. You see the sticker for like BPA free water bottle when you're looking at like a plastic water bottle. And BPA is harmful because it is a synthetic estrogen. And it's interesting, actually, in the beginning of the creation of BPA, they actually studied it as an estrogen. Could we use this as a th- synthetic estrogen on purpose in the body? That is not how it is used today. But what that means is it mimics estrogen in the body. Estrogen's a hormone. You don't want to be adding in additional hormones into your body. That's not a good thing. And if you're wondering, okay, sure, but like is the BPA that we like touch or that's in food or in plastic that we're eating on, is does that actually make a significant difference? And BPA has been measured in human blood, in urine, in breast milk, which that stresses me out, and umbilical cord blood, according to tests conducted by the Environmental Working Group, which is the EWG. So clearly, this is a problem, right? We do not want to be ingesting microplastics. That's not something we want to do. We don't want plastics in our home. We try to avoid them as much as possible. But What is most important to avoid? Avoiding all plastic is really hard. Like we try really hard and it still doesn't work. If I order groceries from somewhere other than natural grocers, a lot of times I get the plastic bags even if I ask my Instacart driver not to use them. It's pretty unavoidable, but we also use a company called Ridwell, which I will link in the show notes. And they are spreading like wildfire all across the country. And they will take our flimsy plastic that isn't otherwise recyclable. So I feel really excited about that for those times that you can't avoid plastic. But when it comes to what is most important to avoid... Personally, I think avoiding plastics is most important if it's going to be touching something you will eat and drink, okay? So I will be sharing specific tips at the end of the podcast for how to avoid plastics as much as possible, but when it comes to eating and drinking, we use all glass, ceramic, stainless steel, or silicone, or wood sometimes for eating and drinking and pretty much no plastic at all, as much as we can. And heating especially increases the amount of chemicals and toxins that can transfer to your food, so especially... When you are heating things up, do not use plastic. Okay. Never, ever, ever microwave plastic. The same is true, I think, of plastic like cooking utensils. No, I try to use wooden spoons in those cases. Sometimes I use silicone, but never plastic like a spoon in a pasta sauce. Try to use a more natural material. And lots of plastic cookware contains melamine. It was funny. Recently, I was like looking for new plates. And I even saw like melamine cookware and plates and bowls and cups as like a thing. Like melamine cookware was a thing of the past and it's like coming back. It's a form of plastic, but it's so bad for you, and it's not something to be desired. (laughs) So I was surprised to see that, like, advertised. And I don't often hear or see the FDA use language this strong, but what they say about melamine is that products with melamine contamination above the levels noted in the FDA's risk assessment may put people at risk of conditions such as kidney stones and kidney failure and death just and death. <laughs> so, definitely when it comes to things you're eating on, drinking on, things that can transfer to your food or drink, please avoid plastic. Okay. Now we're going to move on to a fun section of how you can avoid plastics, both that's coming into contact of things that you're eating and drinking and just in general for the environment. Cuz like we said, this is a twofold issue. Number 1, Use filtered water. I'm going to share a few links in the show notes for some filters, some water filters that I really recommend. We personally currently have a big Berkey water filter. I saw today that using bottled water can introduce 90,000 plastic particles per year into your body, and tap water introduces 40,000 plastic particles into your body per year. So even tap water contains microplastics. And you absolutely need to be filtering your water for a million reasons, but because they contain microplastics is one of them. I also did a podcast on filtered water, the safety of your water. So I will link that in the show notes too if you want to listen more on water and how, unfortunately, it's not very safe in the United States right now and why you need to filter your water. So I'll. I will put that show in the show notes for you to listen to. So one thing that can really help minimize your plastic usage is shopping in store. So I love grocery delivery. The thing I like the least is that they use plastic bags a lot of times, even if you ask them not to. So if you shop in store, you can bring your own reusable totes and you don't have to use those single use plastic bags. I am encouraged in Denver, they have started charging 10 cents a bag to help you remember your reusable bags. And honestly, it really has helped me remember my reusable bags. So you can skip bagging your produce in the really, really flimsy produce bags. You can check out without those bags it's funny I think that when we realize how common something is we don't even question not using it or not doing it not doing what everyone else is doing and then you also wonder can I even check out if I don't put these in a produce bag you absolutely can if you have a problem you can always use the self-checkout lane and do it yourself one thing that really has saved us in this past year from using tons of plastic, is buying direct from a farmer or buy at a local farmer's market, bring your own bags, avoid food packaging altogether. So even things like strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, they come in plastic clamshell containers. When you are buying from a farmer's market, you can avoid that contamination on your food and avoid that plastic altogether when you get it from a farmer's market, I love buying in bulk and bringing my own containers to the grocery store for things like grains, dried fruits, nuts, herbs, seeds, all of those things. Number one, it's cheaper. And number two, then I'm not worrying about the container for those things. And then I actually have glass containers, my pantry. Oh, I love it so much. It's all these different ingredients in glass containers. So I have a reusable bag I take to the store, bring it home and put it in a glass container with a wooden lid. This one might shock you. Refuse receipts at all time. All receipts, you should refuse them. I personally refuse all receipts because the thermal paper that receipts are printed on is lined with BPA in really high concentrations. And if you don't feel like this actually is a problem, you're like, I mean, how often do I get receipts? It's not that big of a deal. The Environmental Working Group's analysis of data collected by the Center for Disease Control showed retail workers had 30% more BPA in their bodies than the average U.S. adult. Meh. So even just touching receipts can get BPA into your body, into your system, not what we want, because like we talked about before, it's a synthetic estrogen. Okay, so you may be thinking about what your food is going on when you eat it. But you also need to be thinking about how am I storing food and storing leftovers. Clearly, because of my book, Prep Cook Freeze, food storage is something I think about a lot because I freeze a lot of stuff. So we use glass Pyrex containers and we also use stasher bags. So stasher bags are made out of silicone, which is actually just, it's like rubber, but it's made from glass. So it's like flimsy glass, essentially. And I love my stasher bags because they can go in the microwave. They can go in the oven. They can go, you do like a sous vide with them. They can pretty much go anywhere. They're heat safe. So I really love that aspect of them. Avoid plastic wrap. And opt instead for reusable beeswax coated fabric instead as a reusable quote unquote plastic wrap. It's not, it's just fabric coated in beeswax. And I'm sharing a lot of different products right now. They will all be in the show notes for you to check out. Do not buy individually wrapped snacks in plastic. Number one, individually wrapped snacks are going to be a lot of times they're more processed foods, things that you could be avoiding in general. And then the fact that they're wrapped in plastic, your food is touching the plastic, is another reason to avoid them altogether. You might be thinking, what do we eat instead? And for the most part, we try to to eat like whole food sources of snacks so whether that's like a raw cheese or like an entire apple or banana or orange and veggies and hummus stuff like that instead of those single-use snacks and One thing that we did in the past year that I really love is we bought glass containers for our showers and then I buy refillable shampoo containers. I buy refillable shampoo, like boxes of shampoo. And the inside, the shampoo is still in a plastic bag, but it's probably like 12 bottles of shampoo and it's significantly less plastic. So unless you're going to make your shampoo yourself or you want to use a bar of shampoo, which is possible, it's pretty hard to get away with no plastic when it comes to shampoo. But those two things I just mentioned are good options if you want to go that route and you can do the same thing with non-toxic cleaning supplies we love branch basics so we have their glass spray bottles and we have a subscription of their cleaner concentrate and you can use it for all-purpose cleaner a bathroom cleaner and a window cleaner and you can buy the glass spray bottles for those three solutions All you do is add water. It's so simple. The container for the concentrate is plastic, but it's like one bottle and it lasts for hundreds of uses and that bottle itself is recyclable. So it's just way less plastic in general. One thing that's really a fun idea is you can create a zero waste kit that you can use on the go. So you can get like a reusable silicone or glass or steel straw. I even have one that's big for boba tea, which I love boba tea. You can put in your zero waste kit a cloth shopping bag, an on-the-go water bottle, travel utensils and you can even find like a spork kind of situation with a knife that's basically it's typically sold in the camping section so you can bring that with you so that if you're somewhere that you need to use throw away utensils you have your own that's reusable and then also a reusable coffee cup so that you can avoid plastic when you're out getting coffee or tea one thing that really helps us minimize our plastic is making food at home so even items like almond milk or sauces come in plastic containers and things that look like they're cardboard like a half gallon of milk they're actually lined with plastic to make them waterproof so unfortunately there's plastic hiding pretty much everywhere so if you can get these items in bulk or you can make them fresh at home that's going to save you some plastic Okay, so you might choke when you read this, but gum is often made out of synthetic rubber gum, bubble gum. So gross. So either stop chewing gum altogether or opt for a more natural option. I've heard a lot of people who like Simply Gum. I personally am not a gum chewer. I never have been, but if that's something for you, that can be a really great natural switch. So if you're a takeout person, it creates a lot of waste. Dining in a restaurant as much as possible instead of takeout is going to help on the waste front. And then if you're getting takeout, let the restaurant know that you don't need utensils. Like you we don't need to be like stocking up on hundreds of to go utensils and then you can use your own utensils at home. If you have a baby, switch to cloth diapers. So this is an important one because the plastics in diapers are touching your baby's skin and it's in a sensitive area. And so cloth diapers are the way to go I will share in the show notes our favorite brand we used them for both babies I was a huge fan of cloth diapering I think that the calculations I made at the time which was 10 years ago so I'm sure it's more now was I think we saved like four thousand five hundred dollars per child by switching to cloth diapers swap your disposable razor with a reusable razor where you just have to replace the blades okay and then single use coffee pods. So something like a K-cup. We're going to stay here for a hot minute, okay? One of the reasons that you should not use single-use coffee pods is that you are heating these pods. So the water is really hot when it's pouring over the coffee. It's in a plastic cup and it has an aluminum lid. So according to Wellness Mama, the plastic chemicals like BPA, BPF, BPS, and phthalates are known endocrine disruptors and may contribute to hormone imbalance, weight gain, and fertility issues. And though Keurig recently confirmed that its pods are BPA-free, they actually still tested positive for estrogenic activity and may also contain polystyrene, which is a possible carcinogen, meaning it could cause cancer. So, Also, the top of these pods is usually made of aluminum, which has some health concerns of its own and which may be bad for the brain. Aluminum exposure has been linked to Alzheimer's, depression, anxiety, autism, and even autoimmune disease. So these are ingredients that I personally try to keep out of my home in general. So you may be thinking, what do I do if I have a K-cup machine and I should switch? Personally, I think using like a glass electric kettle or heating water on the stove and then using a French press that's made out of glass. I think that's a great option. Be sure to use organic mold-free beans. We personally get ours from Keon Coffee. I have a subscription drink it every day, love them so much. And then I also have a Breville espresso machine. So I think espresso is really delicious. And so I use my Breville machine for that. And the components that are being heated are metal. So I appreciate that about their coffee machine. Two more things of note of ways to switch and have less plastic in your home. Your cutting boards are coming into contact with food. I forgot that cutting boards can be plastic because I've never had a plastic cutting board. But avoid plastic cutting boards. You're cutting the material and you're cutting the plastic and those are particles that can get into your food and it's touching hot food. So opt for a natural material like wood or bamboo, glass, marble, There are lots of options for cutting boards, but just avoid plastic if you can. And like we talked about earlier in the show, your cooking utensils themselves are really important too. So use bamboo, wood, or silicone cooking utensils. Okay, I hope that those tips for how to get plastic out of your home were helpful Tag me on Instagram if you listen to this and you want to share what you found. I want to know what was most shocking to you about this episode. Was there a form of plastic that you hadn't really considered? Some of these were really new to me. I wasn't using those plastics, but I didn't even think, like the cutting boards, that could be plastic and that could be a problem. So I hope that you can make some tweaks in your life for how to avoid plastics so that it's better both for the environment and for your health. I hope you learned something on today's episode. Can't wait to see you next week.